And if I must go and die at 27, then at least I'll know I died a legend. Welcome to Sellouts, the podcast for MGK fans, by MGK fans. I'm your host, Mike Kyle, and today I am joined by the one, the only, Bree Crapo. Bree, how are you today? Welcome to Sellouts. We've been talking about doing this for literally two months, and I'm so glad we're finally able to make this happen. Same. Let's go. So if you are unaware, Sellouts brought to you by PinkFox, PinkFox.com, the clothing brand exclusively for MGK fans because I'm one of you and I just wanted to do dope shit for EST and the community as a whole and what better way to do it than awesome pink gear because who, who, who needs more pink in their lives? Anybody? Have you been, are you in MGK Facebook groups I mean, by chance for you? Are you in? Are you in any of? Are you in any of like the EST groups? Yes, I am in two, I think, and they're both for EST Fest. Have you seen? I don't know if they've been active because obviously EST Fest, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is you know kind of on the back burner. Hopefully, making a return next year. Right. But have you seen a lot of like the chat around people wanting him to go to go away from Pink? Actually, I have not. I didn't uh, even know. I've been seeing it more and more. There's been a big push to get Kells to go into green. Green? And one of the questions, yeah, yes, they want him to go green. Why? Not really sure. But in the event that he does go away from pink, which people have asked me, I get that question all the time, is what are you going to do if Kells goes away from pink? And it's like, no, we're going to keep it rolling. So just right. to address it here once and for all, <laughs> even if MGK moves away from pink, we're still going to be rolling. Believe me, I have ideas if that is the case. I but anyways, <laughs> I... I met Brie at our tailgate party in Cleveland before the Cleveland show, and she actually came over to us, and she's like, hey, like, thanks for doing this, and then also, um, one of your friends says hi, so it's very cool that we just have a random mutual friend between the two of us, so Hunter, shout out to you, my man, want to get that in there. So, <laughs> Brie, before we start, tell us a little bit about you and your MGK backstory. So the first time I ever saw him was when I was 16, um, and that was back in 2000, I think I graduated in 2014, so maybe like 2012 or so, 11 or 12. Um, so he was very, uh, still I guess under the radar, you might want to say. Um, and he only played one song because he was a guest star at the show I was at. It was like the Xmas, or not Xmas, um, uh, 96.5 KISS FM uh, House of Blue show. So there was a bunch of different artists there and he was a guest star. And he just came out and did Wild Boy and he was hanging upside down from the balcony doing all this crazy stuff. And I remember my mom texting me and she's like, are you okay down there? Cause it was my first concert ever. And she just saw me moshing uh, in the pit to it. And she thought I was like getting hurt and everything. So. It was very fun. Um, and ever since then, I like went home and started looking him up and, you know, looking at all of his old stuff um, and instantly became obsessed um, with just his story and all of that. So I kind of followed him from then on out um, just with, you know, album after album, going to EST Fest, um, going to Warp Tour and seeing him there. I saw him rock on the range. Um, I saw him in Indiana at the Barstool uh, Sports you show. did it? Yeah. You did it? Oh, I think, that's, I think <laughs> no. that's the one that I regret not going to the most. It, it was really interesting. It, it was kind of an intimate show because there wasn't a ton of people there. It was a very, very small venue. And so I was 
basically front row, um, only like an arm's length away, which is really cool. And I got really good pictures. So um, that one was definitely one of my favorites too. Nice. So how, and all in total, how many times have you seen him? I get that question a lot and I nice. wish I would have kept track. Uh, I always oh. round it to like at least 15 times maybe. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Very, very cool. What's been your favorite show? I knew you were going to ask this. It's so hard to say. Um, EST Fest is kind of its own entity. Yeah, it's its own like. category. Yeah. That's its own category. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really count. Um, probably the most recent one in Cleveland. And I think that's almost its own category, too, I feel like, just because it was like a three and a half hour show. They did a whole day for him where now Cleveland has its own holiday for him. Yeah, right. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, I think that definitely topped all the other ones. Do you, let's talk about the Cleveland show for a little bit. So yeah. I came back home for it. I'm based in Charlotte now. We were, kind of, we were kind of talking beforehand. I'm based in Charlotte now, drove up for the show, did the whole thing. That was my third Cleveland show. You've, got, uh, you've seen him in Cleveland before several times, I imagine. Mm -hmm. How ex Explain that for people that have never been to a Cleveland MGK show because it is otherworldly. Yeah, he, and I've told my friends this before too, um, that have wanted to go to one of his shows. And I always tell them like, if you're gonna go to anything, go to a Cleveland one because it truly is different um, than at, where when he performs in any other city. And I know that because I, I went to Indiana two days before that show um with hunter actually and <laughs> we both said you like you just can't compare um his shows are twice as long in cleveland um he'll always add um sometimes he'll play older songs that you'll probably never oh, hear again yep. um he will <laughs> add crazy stupid stuff like zip lining across an entire stadium like or a whole violin orchestra Right. Um, and just the whole, I guess, vibe or uh, feeling that you get when you're there is very different because, um, you know, that's like his home and um, everybody there knows that. And so I feel like you get a lot of um, more, how do I say this, like EST fans, like original fans from way back when rather than just the newer fans. Um, and it just definitely changes the vibe a lot than um, seeing ones in other cities. Yeah, I think that like, there's just a very palpable love and energy for a Cleveland show. Oh yeah. So for me last year, um, for the tickets to my downfall tour, I saw him four times. I saw him in Jacksonville for the first show back from COVID, which, oh my God, you can probably imagine how insane oh, yeah. that was. And then I did Charlotte. Where else did I see him at? Uh, I saw him four times and now I can't remember where I, where I saw him. Was anyway, it New Jersey, and, maybe? Uh, no, so I actually went to New Jersey uh, for the mainstream South tour. I saw him five, so I saw him four times in 2021. Five times this year, it's going to be sick because I'm going down to Fort Lauderdale in oh, December so to go see him. Uh, but both, so in the past two years, I've seen him at this point 
nine or ten times, mm -hmm. two of them being Cleveland, and it really is just a very, very different vibe, and there's so much love and appreciation because I think it's a relationship that really goes both ways, right? Oh, yeah. The city of Cleveland loves him, and he loves Cleveland so fucking much, mm -hmm. and because of that, the, in, the entire event just blossoms on a whole other level as a result. Exactly. That sums it up perfectly. <laughs> Talk about Fest. We kind of touched on it earlier, but Fest also is something that's completely different, mm -hmm. as we've said. So how many Fest have you gone to? Just one or two? Or two. several? Two. You've got, what, what years did you go? Um, both of them were at, what's it called? The Ohio Dreams yep. um, Sports Complex or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever year that was, I don't even know, 2006. 17 and 18. That was 17 and 18, I think. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, right before COVID. And again, EST Fest is its own category. And I think it's because you have. I know a lot of people say this, how there's kind of like those bandwagon fans where there are like the new fans. And I don't like saying that, but when you go to when I did go to EST Fest, um, he didn't have tickets out yet or anything. And so you had all these fans that were from the beginning and yeah. just knew his entire story. So it was, again, an entire different feel when you're there. Um, like everyone knows exactly what I know and they can talk like this about things without judging me or thinking, oh, you're, you're, you're so obsessed with him. That's weird, you know, and just like my friends do. <laughs> and so... Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a welcoming feeling when you walk in there. Um, it's a, it's just a really, really good feeling and everyone has all their little campsites and, um, it's funny cause they'll create like, um, uh, they'll take like bed sheets and create camp, uh, relaxation or camp 420 or camp yeah. and related to MGK. Um, and camp Rager. what'd you say? I said camp rager. Right? Yes. And everyone is very, um, again, welcoming to like their own camps too. So I could walk around and just meet random people and no one had any problem with me walking to their campsites. And um, yeah, it was just a very, very fun feeling. I it's, enjoyed it. It's a family. Yes. And that, 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 that's, that's a good way to put it. That, that's, that's the thing that I'm really excited about and that I'm taking a lot of onus and putting it on me to do with Pink Fox here is how do we get this influx of new fans and catch them up so everyone's yes. kind of on the same page. Because I've seen a lot of like stuff, kind of, kind of what you were saying, where it's like we have a ton of new fans and then we have this OG kind of section and mm -hmm. they're, they're candidly there can be at times a very awkward mix between the two right. because as EST and as OGs, let's call it what it is. We are protective over our man. Right. <laughs> right. And so that's why I'm, I mean, like, honestly, I, I'm hell bent on it being able to kind of merge the two together. So my girlfriend is super new. Like mm -hmm. we've been together for seven months. She did not listen to any MGK beforehand and now she's all about him. I love that. And it's been, it's been very cool to watch her go back in time and start listening. So started with Mainstream Sellout, then went back to Tickets, then went back to Hotel Diablo, went back to Bloom, and is currently in Lace Up right now, the album. 
So wow. she's gone all the way back, and it's been really cool to have her like come up to me and be like, I like this song, I don't like this song, I love this song. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of, uh, kind of seeing where new fans mold into the old stuff. Because she's giving me, like, she's telling me, I love, like, the so Lace Up the song. Personally, not a big fan of it. Yeah. Her, she <laughs> loves it. And it's like, okay, yeah. that's cool. Another one that she absolutely loves is Get the Broom Off Binge. I love that one, too. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah. but. <laughs> and, right, and it, it, to me, it's a song I'm like, I'm like, that's the, like, of all the songs, right. like, that is one that you, what? So it's been really cool to kind of see her get all the way caught up. And now she's coming to me saying, here's the playlist. Let's go through it. That's so cool. it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And just being able to, how do, how do we take this and just spread it, right? And spread, it's like, how do we spread the original message? How do we spread the, oris- the original message? Mm-hmm. I I love that that's what you're trying to do because I I hate seeing on social media where you have the hate from, you know, both sides, I guess you could say, and going back and forth on it. It's like, it doesn't need to be that way. So Right. right. We're we're all here for the same reason. Right. right? (laughs) What's what's the point? What are we doing? Same dude. Same dude. And and again, to to a degree, I get it. But the thing that I recognize is Kells isn't at this point without the influx of new people. Exactly. Because we have, we have to be honest with ourselves. The the EST army, we couldn't get him there wasn't alone. Enough. <laughs> we, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. But damn it, are we loyal as fuck, right? <laughs> I was literally just thinking that earlier. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, God. <laughs> it, you know, speaking of the EST army, right? The, it, there, there's the new fans, there's EST, and, and then there's EST with tattoos. Yes. You got three of them. Sure. I, 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 uh, so you showed me yours, uh, at, at our little tailgate party. A week later, when I got back to Charlotte, I got my double X's, which we have on screen right now. And then you, I don't remember if it was like that same week, if I got mine after yours or if you got it first and then I'm like, oh, I need to get mine. Cause you added the X's onto your tattoo. Yep. So go ahead, Bree. Like what's the story behind your MGK tattoos? So I have a skull piece on the side of my thigh with a guitar and on the guitar it says Bloom um, and the number 27. So obviously he has the Bloom album and uh, my favorite song off of it is 27. Um, And we know everything about 27 Club and what that means, um, especially with like musicians and everything else. Um, When I was in college, made some choices that maybe weren't the best um and kind of hit a point where i was like okay uh gotta stop making these choices um and so stopped doing that and i when i heard that song it just kind of reminded me of that and how i didn't want to go down any kind of like really bad path and um i said i wanted to get a tattoo for it someday and then i did um I also have some flowers with it and some leaves that have uh, purple and green colors. And those are for some other meanings for epilepsy and celiac because those are some things that I have, but those are added onto it as well. And then next to it, I got the double X. And yeah, I think I, I feel like I sent it to you through Instagram and yeah. I was like, oh my God, look, I got the double X. And then, mm-hmm. um, you're like, yeah, me and my girlfriend are about to be at the shop too. And um, 
I think it was in that same week you said that you got it. Um, and then <laughs> my other one I have is, um, I might, love, you might be able to see it. Oh, really? Kind it's of. Like oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, it says EST and then it has the double X on it. That was the first one I got. Uh, first tattoo ever. It was very, (laughs) it was not really, no, it it was kind of just like a tiny, tiny bee sting, if that, um, and it only lasted like a minute and a half. It was super quick. Um, but it was very impulsive. I wanted it for a long time, but I just kind of like saw a shop and I was like, Oh, I'll just go get it. Um, and now it's kind of faded and looks funky, but I mean, I still like it. Um, it means a lot to me. You you know what it says and what it means. That's all that matters. Did I tell you the story about when I got mine? I don't think so. I think you just said that you were going to go get one. So it's been on my, I, so I'm one of those people that have a folder on my computer of tattoo ideas and things that I want to nice. get. And obviously the double X is that I, I was going to get an MGK tattoo at some point. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what specifically it was going to be. Um, and also I do, all of my tattoos happen when an event happens. And then, like, it's event plus impulse is how I get my tattoos. That's kind of how, what I do, too. I have another one that I just did a couple of weeks ago for a different artist, and it was kind of impulsive, but sort of planned, because I went to a yeah. concert. <laughs> so, yeah, so my first tattoo I impulsively got after my first breakup. It's my grandparents' initials. Aww. My second tattoo is just a pair of dice that I got when I turned 21, and I was in this period of doing things my way and betting on myself. Okay. Uh, my third tattoo, which is just on my side here, uh, mm-hmm. was just a life mantra that I was living by at the time, and I still live by it to this day, uh, and so I impulsively got that. But when it came to the double X's, my girlfriend was getting her tattoo because she, she wanted something on the bottom of her foot, and I originally wasn't going to get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. However, when we were at the tattoo parlor, the tattooer was only playing this pop punk playlist. And I think, I think, for every 10 songs, six of them were Kells. Really? And the, re- was meant to be. the reason that that matters so much is because I'm in Charlotte, right? This, I think, I've been down in Charlotte for a year and a half. I could count on a total of two hands less than the amount of times that I've heard MGK at a bar, at a restaurant, right. out out at a party. And so to be in this environment where he was being played over and over and over again, I took it as a sign. Yeah, it's like, you get a tattoo. I didn't have like a reservation or like an appointment scheduled or anything. And I like walked up to the front desk. I'm like, can you squeeze me in? And they're like, yeah, if you want it, go ahead. So oh, that's man. how that actually came to be. And that, that, was, that was really cool. Cause that was literally coming off of the heels of the Cleveland show and the party and kind of the blossoming of the brand. And it just kind of felt like one of those, one of those signs in the universe, like get this now. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. We've talked a little bit about some of the albums, right? I brought up the tickets to my downfall tour. We brought up, you know, we both brought up seeing him in Cleveland. You have your bloom tattoo and the skull can kind of reference Hotel Diablo a little bit as well. Yep. When we were when we were talking on Instagram, we were talking about you know our favorite albums, and you said, "I like I can't choose because they're all so different." So I fi- I figured there'd be no better time to actually have this conversation than right now on this podcast. So what I would like to do is 
Because I, 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 I love tickets. I love tickets for so many reasons. It's probably my favorite, but I understand like the arguments for everything else. Right. Because there's a point in time where Bloom was my favorite album of, of all time. Loved Hotel because Hotel literally has like two misses on it, if that. Mm -hmm. And so just, I want to go through the stylistic differences and just kind of get your thoughts on each album, if that's cool. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, so obviously, yeah. rap, pop punk, main difference. Um, I also feel like you can tell he went through different stages of just his personal life in each one. And I felt like I could almost relate to a lot of those things in each one that was going on. Um, and like you said, um, like Hotel Diablo, you said it only had like two misses or something. And yeah. that's how I felt for literally all four of those albums. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think with Bloom, obviously my favorite song, 27, um, that had huge impact on me, um, wow. especially in that time of my life. And so that just is like a no brainer, that entire album um, is one of my favorites. And then he kind of goes into this dark, unsure um, rap album of Hotel Diablo. And when when did that, was that 2000, that what 19. year was that? 19? That okay. Was 19. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, my dog is right here. <laughs> um, that album, well, that was actually when I went to Fest as well. And... Oh. That one was super fun because I actually, like, before he was performing, he was walking out and I was kind of, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of following him <laughs> as he was nice. walking around. And uh, we went and at least you met like, it. <laughs> we went in this, like, uh, it's like this blow up hotel looking thing. And I stopped there and I was dancing with my friend and he had his phone out and was like taking videos and he like pointed at me. And was just like noticing me and everything. So that was kind of cool. It was my closest reaction I ever had or interaction I've ever had with him. But anyway, so with Hotel Diablo, um, he mentions in, I think it's Hollywood Horror, um, how is it his record label that screwed him over or so someone in the industry was like screwing him over. And um, I don't know. I just, I really liked that song and how he could just flat out tell it to the world and not, you know, keep that under wraps because I'm sure that that happens a lot. And I hate the fact that he didn't get the kind of credit that he should have for that album. In my opinion, he didn't. I think it was very, um, like people thought it was maybe overrated or something. Um, sorry, <laughs> it's loud. And um, he didn't get his recognition until he started doing the pop punk. So then that's when people had this argument of, oh, he had to switch genres so he could become super famous and whatnot. And it's like, well, did you get distracted? Because he made Binge right before Hotel Diablo, I think it was. Yep. And so part of me thinks, okay, maybe people just kind of heard Binge and thought, okay, this, like, what is this? This isn't that good. And then, just forgot about him when Hotel Diablo came out. I don't know, but I just really don't like the fact that he didn't get what he should have for Hotel Diablo because that album was amazing. Um, 
I still have it on repeat today. <laughs> and uh, the thing about, uh, real quick there, the thing about Hotel Diablo, it's really cool because that's been, I, I honestly, that's been the album that I've been seeing recently getting a lot of traction. I think it just passed a billion streams on Spotify. Oh, really? So it's, it, it's this very cool thing right now where people are going back to it as they're mm -hmm. kind of discovering him now. And they're going back to like the older albums, similar to what we were saying earlier. And so to see it like slowly start to pick up again, that's like, been finally. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank God. Um, but yeah, and then Tickets, that was a really fun album for me. Um, I was in a good place in life and um, yeah, it just reminds me of like partying with friends, having a good time. Um, and I, yeah, just, just fun. That, that's what I think of when I, yeah. when I hear that album. And sure. I think that's another reason why it's one of my favorites. Um, so whenever I'm, you know, down and depressed, I go and listen to that album and get excited again. Um, and then the most recent album, again, I feel like it's a story. Um, obviously I don't know the exact details of every song and why he did all of each of one, each of them, but um, you can just kind of tell with the way he laid out all the songs um, throughout the album. And I think he even repeats some of the lyrics from like the first song into the yep. last song. Mm -hmm. um, so little things like that I, I've i picked up on after listening to it so many times. Um, or like the last song with how he talked about um, him and Megan's, I think she had a miscarriage or whatever. You know, he's putting so many personal um, things into it. And I feel like that just takes that takes a lot from a person to be able to just put that out there to the world. Um, so, I mean, that gives me a lot of appreciation for him and yeah. obviously just being able to relate to a lot of that stuff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing that's really cool, you just briefly touched on it with mainstream sellout is there's a lot of like hidden Easter eggs or like mm -hmm. little facts throughout the album, especially if like you just dig deep into like the MGK rabbit hole, you can find a lot of them. So yes, you brought up like there's a repeated lyric um, between Born With Horns and Twin Flame, which is the yep. front and back of the front and back of the album, which is super fucking sweet. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Ali just took my girlfriend just told me another one that I thought was really cool. Uh, World War Four has the exact same intro as world war three like it sounds yeah. the same and it's supposed to because they're you know they're twin track they're twin tracks mm -hmm. um i think she said that concert for concert for aliens has the exact same opening as born with horns that's a fun one go back and listen it to it the, drum the drumsticks are identical you know i wonder why that song like the intro to born with horns sounded so familiar like i heard it and i was like yeah, it starts. It's yeah. It starts with it's it's the exact same uh, drumstick kind of clap. Well, oh. both of them, and that that's super sick. That is cool. Uh, another, what's what are some of the other? These were all going to be like TikToks and content that I was going to do. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I can I can do it now. Um, <laughs> what uh, Ian Dior was supposed to be on Drug Dealer and not Lil Wayne. Really? Do you know yes. why? Uh, I just think it was just one of those things where they just like kind of like made the decision where they realized they could get Lil Wayne. And so if you can, like, why not get Lil Wayne? Ian, baby, I love you, but right. you know, step aside for this one. Yeah. Um, 
God Save Me was cool because that was like the first kind of like snippet song that he played at the 27 Club event that kind of went viral. And so the night of, of Mainstream Style when it released, I was already singing it. And Allie's like, how do you know this already? I was like, don't worry, like, try, like trust me, it's fine. Everything's um, <laughs> fine. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, Dying California is different on the vinyl. Did, did you know that? I Have didn't. That at all? Wait, yeah, like um, the lyrics or just how it sounds? How, uh, how it, the order. So on Dying California, on like the, on the, you know, the iTunes or Spotify version of it, mm -hmm. right? It, it goes um, chorus, Kells, chorus, fuck, who else is on that song? Um, it's Gunner and Thug. The, who's first? Either it's reversed where it's, um, it's killed to me, I used to me, I, I might die in California, and that's it. And then it goes right into Gunner's verse. I wonder why they did that. Yeah, so, so what weird. I was, what I've heard is that, um, if it's like on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever, you can literally just upload a new version of the song and it's totally cool. Okay. However, with the vinyls, because they need it printed so early, they like they send in one version and then after they already sent it, you can't change it. Right. And so then they flipped uh, it later on in production and that that's super sick. Oh, that is cool. Huh. So yeah, there's a lot of just like little fun things like that when it comes to uh, when it comes to mainstream salad specifically. And mm -hmm. I guess I, 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 I'll go backwards. You went front. I'll go back. So I'll kind of dial it back. Uh, tickets for me, super similar to you. Tickets was fun. Tickets mm -hmm. was fun as fuck. And that to me is why that album was so good. Um, I, when tickets came out, that was a point in my life where honestly, I was just really tired of music, which is something that I never thought I would say, mm -hmm. but like, I was really big kind of into like rap before. And I was like, burnout. out. I'm like, this all sounds the same. And I've heard the same thing over and over. And I'm just, I'm tired of it. I need something new. Um, so then tickets happened and tickets was literally just a shot of adrenaline in your arm. And that, that to me is the best way to describe it. And then additionally, uh, I love the irony of Tickets, where the whole album is literally just about crashing and burning, and it's the first album that goes number one. Right. And when that when that happened, I was in a pretty similar situation where um, on the outside of things, it looked like I was crashing and burning, but then when you actually get on the inside, it's like, oh, wait, actually, there's like a really, really cool thing going on here. Mm -hmm. And so I had like a very unique parallel at the exact same time that Cal's was having. Uh, and that, that, that was really special to me, too, after, you know, being OG and on this whole thing for, right. you know, a decade now at this point. Hotel. Hotel was cool because almost for kind of a very similar reason, like, hotels, like, hotel, I liked, hotel's really ironic. If you, like, think of Hotel Diablo as an album itself, it's really ironic. Um, it's really dark, but it's also really fun and jumpy and bouncy and kind of, like, hard-hitting. Yep. And it's two, it's two things that kind of like contradict one another. Mm -hmm. uh, and have you, have you heard him like describe the way that Hotel Diablo is structured? No, I don't think so. This, if, if there's anything I'm going to say on this podcast, this might be the best oh shit moment of this whole thing. <laughs> I'm ready. 
So I'm going to pull this up. The Hotel Diablo track list is fucking brilliant in structure. Actually, I remember during EST Fest, he, he stopped in the middle of the concert and he said something like, mm-hmm. right before he performed, I think I'm okay. He said, yeah. there's, there's a reason why it starts the way it starts and it ends the way that it does and blah, 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 blah. So that's like all he really said, but that's I it. didn't. I didn't really think that deep into it at the time. Yeah. So, right. So th- th- that's, that's the story I was just about to tell where the album is structured, right? The album's called Hotel Diablo and it basically kind of takes you through this figurative hotel. The hotel is, is your brain and kind of the darkness that kind of happens from it. Mm-hmm. So the album starts off with, with Sex Drive, which is basically just like an intro with like a car engine. Yep. And then it's supposed to represent you kind of pulling up to the hotel. Glass House um i'm I'm sorry uh, el diablo's next which is you know obviously the signature signature fucking song there uh and then you just kind of go through it floor 13 is right in the middle of the album and then it wraps up with at the end of the day i think i'm okay and it really is this beautiful journey and this album is so beautiful for so many different reasons but it's this beautiful journey just like through through his mind and it caps off on such a beautiful note and a song that everybody loves have you so, read the book hotel Diablo? no i haven't have you yes it's so it's good, good. It's, it? yes, i've heard it, it's really dark it's very dark but yeah. i i love dark things i don't know why yeah. <laughs> um and it, it's kind of like that where it goes through each character's mind in a sense where they enter the hotel and they just tell their story and it's they're awesome. all really dark <laughs> yeah that's really cool and then lastly, just to round this up on a nice note, we have Bloom. Uh, for four years, Bloom was my favorite album of all time from the moment it came out until the moment pretty much the tickets came out because mm-hmm. as we just talked about, Bloom was my favorite album album of all time. That The reason I loved Bloom so much was because you could make a mood playlist based off that album alone. There's a very, very cool balance of songs there that to me is the epitome of Kel's versatility. So if you wanted to, you could make like a stoner playlist with Wake and Bake (laughs) and uh, Moonwalker. Yep. If you wanted to make a party playlist or a hype playlist, you could. You have Golden God, you have the Gunner, right? Mm -hmm. You have, and then you have the other side where you have like the inspirational playlist. And the inspirational playlist is 27, mm-hmm. Kiss the Sky, Habits, right? Yeah. And then you have the love playlist, which is like bad things, the breakup, rehab, let you go. Mm-hmm. And just based off one album alone, it literally shows Kells' entire range. And that's so hard to do, I feel like. Impossible. Impossible. And that, like, that to me, if I, if I were to, like, that to me, like, puts Bloom almost in a class by itself. Mm-hmm. because of that for if sure. you're in any mood there is a song on that album that fits that mood that is true i never really thought of it that way yeah like it's and that i think that album is the reason so uh, for the record like straight i don't engage with haters i just won't do it i won't take the bait <laughs> i i won't i won't take the bait but if i were to and you you, you made the comment earlier 
um, you know, people are like, oh, like he had to move away from, you know, rap into this thing to get to this point or, you know, whatever, whatever they try to say. That's when I go back to Bloom. Because, like, there were, like, you know, there, there were sprinkles of, you know, like, guitars and stuff in the Lace Up album in General Admission. He brought out the fucking guitars for Bloom. Yes, he and did, that was for five, sure. That was, five, that was five years ago. Let You Go Live is my favorite live song Amazing. of his okay. entire discography. I Every time I see it, I'm, like, there with my phone videoing yeah. the entire song. Right. So, so to me, like, that's when all this started, which I think is so beautiful, especially because Bloom was the album of evolution. Mm -hmm. so, For sure. Yeah, awesome. Um, Brie, we are 37 minutes in, it looks like. So I want to shift gears here just a little bit. Um, yeah. If you're cool with sharing, uh, this is going to be an open-ended question, so I'm just going to let you kind of roll with it. Like, what does Kells mean to you? And this is something that you actually brought up that you would be up to talking about on the pod. So I'm just going to kind of give you the floor and yeah. go for it. Um, I feel like Kells, he just kind of gets me through my day and which sounds, I don't know. I feel like if I were to say that to anybody else, it would just sound silly. Um, because it's just a musician. Like why, why is this person that doesn't even know you get you through your day? Like, are you, are you depressed or something? <laughs> um, but yes, very. <laughs> I mean, it's just like you said with the, um, his range of his music, it just, no matter what I'm feeling, I, I, I can go and listen to that. Um, if I'm sad, if I'm happy, I, I want to, I'm hanging out with friends. I have a song that I can go to, or, um, you know, if I, if I feel like I'm alone in a certain situation, I can go listen to something in particular and be like, I'm not the only one in the world that's feeling this way. Um, and I know that people might say, well, why this particular musician? You know, why there's so many others that can, that probably have the same, um, you know, type of music or lyrics that you can relate to. Um, and I just think a lot of his passion for not just music, but his fans as well, um, is also what draws me in. Um, obviously with him in Cleveland and me being from or near Cleveland and now living here, um, and being here for that moment where they made the holiday for him and everything in Cleveland, um, that just really set a whole different tone and made it feel like he's not just some other musician. He has a heart for where I live and he cares about it. And he, you know, he does things for the city. Um, it's not just making music. I've seen him, you know, help people out here in Cleveland. I've, I've watched videos online and stuff. And, um, so him just as a person too, I feel like um, almost inspires me to be a good person. Um, I've just, I've watched interviews where he's talked about, um, you know, things like, or, or even, no, there was a, a lyric I was thinking about earlier today, actually. Um, what was it? I forget what the, what the lyric was, but it was, it, it's something that just talked about, um, 
I think it actually might have been from 27 because I think that came on right before I logged on here and I was like, oh, what a coincidence. It's my favorite song and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, but it just says, um, if, obviously, if I die, um, something about being a, a legend and not in a sense of like, I take that as being a regular citizen and not some famous person. Um, you know, I don't need to be this actual legend or hero, but you know, something as simple as being nice to people, be an inspiration to others, um, be caring, whatever. Um, and that is kind of that inspiration that I'm talking about when, you know, I think of him. So that's why his lyrics mean a lot to me. Um, cause he, he just really goes in depth when it comes to trying to get a message out to people. Um, it's not always just about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like, you know, a lot of other artists are. And so I just appreciate that a lot from him. I feel like there's no way that I could possibly follow that up with a question, with a comment. So, Bree, <laughs> thank you for leaving me speechless on my own podcast. And with that, let's transition. We'll wrap it up with this. I got five rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Okay. All MGK related. We'll just kind of go one after another. Does that sound good? Okay. I'm ready. All right. Cool. First up, what is your favorite OG MGK song? OG. Oh, I really like Sail. Okay, good one, good one. <laughs> number number two, pink guitar from Tickets to My Downfall or black guitar from Mainstream Sellout? Are you talking about that silver chrome looking one? Yeah. That one, for sure. Okay. You have to rap one MGK song word for word or else you die. Which one are you picking? Oh, man. Um... Ooh, that's tough. Sorry, not rapid fire on this one. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> um, probably. I'm thinking of songs, but they're more of when he sings, and not raps. Um, probably El Diablo. Okay. Uh, let's go with another one here. Your favorite? Mm. Now let's go with this one. I like this one more. If, if MGK could collab with any artist, who would it be? I've thought of this before, and I... If it were to be like a band, I'd probably say... The Story So Far. I really like that band. And then if it were to be rap, probably... Oh, if Mac Miller was alive, I would yeah. say Mac. Um, that, that, that's, that's the one we all missed out on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would have been a dream come true. Um, and then, go ahead. And then let's go with last question here. As we started off the top of this podcast, you've seen him over 15 times. What's been your favorite MGK concert that you've, that you've attended? It's, it's got to be the Cleveland one I just went to. Something about it. I, I cried at the end of it. <laughs> I was, I don't know why. I don't know if I was happy or if I was sad it was over. I don't know, but it, it was, was so we, 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 were, we were sad that it was over, but we were happy that he actually fucking pulled it off. Yes, exactly. 
And with that, Bree, thank you so much for hopping on and doing this with me. We no will problem. definitely get you back on soon. If we get a rap album at the end of this year. Hey, he said end of the summer. He did. He Keep did saying say end it. Of the summer. Confirmed it on Instagram earlier this week. I saw that too. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Just be patient. So maybe we'll do like a reaction or like a live a live oh, reaction. Yes. That would be so fun. That that would be cool. Bree, do you want to promote like your Instagram or anything like that while I got you here and we'll wrap up? Sure. Um where, it, where it, can it, you just... follow you at? Say it again. Where can people follow you at? Um, I think it's just Brianna.crapo. Cool. So it's my first dot last name. And, and, and there it is. So I will leave that in the description down below. Check that out. And also while you're down there, check out pinkfucks.com. Use promo code sellouts at checkout and receive 10% off of your purchase. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And we will catch you in the next episode, EST for Life. Thank you.